And on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. I offer you this Christmas classic this morning because this catchy carol has been stuck in my head all week while after reading this passage, and I wanted others to share it with me. So, you're welcome. We come to the gospel this morning, and it opens with this, this picture of Joseph and Mary having made their pilgrimage to the temple for, to present Jesus, their firstborn, for Mary's purification rites. And they come to the temple, and they come, we find out, as people of very modest and simple means. Because when you came to present your firstborn, you're supposed to bring a sacrifice of a lamb. And they did not have the material wealth to be able to do that. And so they came with, under a concession in the law that said that you could bring two turtle doves. And so here they come, faithfully, simply, to present Jesus, their firstborn at the temple, to mark this sacred moment. And they come welcomed there at the house of God. They're the temple of God in Jerusalem, the temple that the prophet Isaiah spoke of that God sought to make a house of prayer for all nations. Something that we hope to echo here in this house of God at St. John of Ross, where it's chiseled into the foundation of the cornerstone, a house of prayer for all peoples. That this house of God would be a place for people to pilgrim to. Whether it's to come and to join in together to celebrate the festive holy days of Christmas, of God coming to earth and being here and with and amongst us. For Easter, to celebrate the hope we have of resurrection, of Christ's death-defying power. Or to come to mark those special days as we do at the end of each service, of birthdays and anniversaries, or to celebrate our steps of faith that are taken at times of baptism and confirmation. Or, like many who've pilgrimaged here for each of the last two Saturday nights, to come together to a sacred and a holy place to mourn, as we as a community have mourned the loss of seven-year-old Alex and 16-year-old Shane, these two young people who have died so early and gathered around their families and been able to be a place to offer a word of comfort and a word of hope for those in our community, longing and looking for that. And so it's a privilege to come together in the house of God, to be a place that's open that's a house of prayer for all people, for all who seek it. And Joseph and Mary, as they came to their house of God, as they came to the temple, as they came bringing their sacrifice, what I love about this story is that they're met with welcome and blessing, encouragement and affirmation from Simeon and Anna, from these two old-timers that have been there for quite a while. I mean, of Anna, it says, you know, of a very old age. And these folks who have been so faithful who had been a regular part of this worshiping community, welcomed this young couple of modest means and saw in them and in their son a new work of God. What a thing, right, for this, this family to come in and to be welcomed and to be blessed like that, for it to be named that God was working in and through them in some new and great way. I think about Simeon and Anna and how beautiful it was that their piety that they had, this righteousness, this devotion that's named in our gospel, wasn't a piety that sought to preserve the past, but it was a piety that was lived out of an experience of God 
and the expectation that God would come and do something new. And was, they lived in such a way that they were attuned to the Spirit. It says that the Spirit rested on Simeon, that the Spirit guided them to see and to understand how God was working and working there that day when suddenly God showed up in a new way in this baby Jesus with his parents, Joseph and Mary. And how can we take this example from Simeon and Anna, those of us who regularly come together in worship, in prayer, in studying the scriptures, in seeking God out together, how can we be attuned that we might be able to witness to others where we see God working in and through their lives, and that this place, St. John Ross, for all who pilgrim here, for one of many reasons, would be a place of blessing and affirmation and celebration. Think about how uh, important it is for each of us to have someone like that in our own lives who has seen and called out that something special from us. Maybe it was a choir teacher that said, you have a voice, you can sing, you, sh- you should go with this. Maybe it was a professor for you that saw a passion and a skill set and said, you know, you have a vacation. I can see this calling for you. Or perhaps a pastor or a priest that was able to name that spiritual gift you had that said, would you bring this to the community? I think this could be a blessing to others. What a gift it is to come into community and to come in and to meet others who would name, who would celebrate, who would call out and affirm that work that God is doing what a gift it was that Simeon and Anna were to Joseph and Mary. And it says that they stood in amazement. And as they stood in amazement, then Simeon delivered another word to them after this blessing. And that, that was a hard truth. And he spoke to Joseph and Mary and said, a sword will pierce your soul. And he shared the truth about what would come for Mary. The truth of the pain that would be there as Jesus was rejected and was crucified on that cross and was willing to speak honestly with her about that. And I think about what a gift it is for us in our communities of faith to have people of maturity who have been through pain and yet still claim the presence of God and can still speak to how God's spirit can move and work and guide you even through hardship and times of desolation and the way that God is present and meets. And as we come together today in the season in our community where there has been death, as we come together this week, as so many of us have been part of and seeing and hearing just the collective mourning over the death of Kobe Bryant and the eight others, including his daughter, the other families in that helicopter, and we know that there is a sword that pierces the soul that Simeon speaks about to Mary, that that is real. When thinking about this week, I was remembering uh, somebody of maturity in my home parish who really was a gift and a blessing to me. In my 20s, I had a previous marriage, and a marriage that did not go well and did not end well, ended in divorce. And there at the end of that marriage, this fella in my church, a much older man, reached out to me and said, you know, would you go out to dinner? We didn't know each other well, but I said yes. And we went out to dinner and we're talking and he shared with me about his own divorce. And he shared about how the community of faith and his relationship with God had helped him to get through it. And then he said, and you know what? 
but here's something that's going to happen. In about a year, you're going to wake up one day, and you're going to wake up, and you're just going to be filled with this emotion of regret, and you're not going to know where it came from, and it's going to flood over you. And then maybe like six months later, you're going to wake up one day, and you're just going to be filled with anger at that person. And those things are going to come because this grieving process takes time and lean into those emotions and take them to God in prayer. And I found when I took those emotions to God, I wasn't afraid to bring them in prayer. God's Holy Spirit came and met me there. I believe that God's Spirit will meet you there as a comforter. I was just so grateful for his presence in my life and for his speaking those words in, which I found to be true and helped me to get through and to persevere and to be ready for what was to come. And what does it mean for us as a community of faith, for those here of maturity who have had their own souls pierced in some way in life, to be able to offer to others in this space that God will be with them, that they will persevere, that God's Spirit will meet them suddenly, somehow, along the way, That spirit of God that rested on Simeon, that spirit of God that guided Simeon, that language that's used of the spirit resting is the same language that's spoken of as the spirit broods over the waters of creation, broods over the chaos at the beginning of creation as God is forming the earth. God's spirit is there in times of chaos. As comforter, as counselor, as advocate and as guide. And that's one of the reasons we come together, isn't it? In this place, because God's Spirit has met us. God's Spirit has met us in times of celebration and rejoicing, in times of mourning, and we come seeking together that same Spirit, that voice of God, with the hope that God will hydrate our souls, as we say here. And I think about Psalm 84 that we read together this morning and how it celebrates what it means to come together into the house of God and to be refreshed, to have our souls hydrated. So I wanted to leave us together this morning uh, with the ministry of the word, with this, these words from the psalm. How dear to me is your dwelling, O Lord of hosts. My soul has a desire and longing for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh rejoice in the living God. The sparrow has found her a house, and the swallow a nest where she may lay her young. By the side of your altars, O Lord of hosts, my ruler and my God, happy are those who dwell in your house. They will always be praising you. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. Those who go through the desolate valley will find it a place of springs, for the early rains have covered it with pools of water. Amen.